Yeah, the story really is, I was told to wear a cut sock on my arm to protect my long-term IV. You know, I thought that was nuts, but in fact, what I did, you know, all the pictures of my sophomore year, um, I had it placed after my first semester sophomore year, after oral antibiotics just weren't working um, the way we were hoping. And all my pictures, my arm is like hid behind my back because I didn't want anyone to, you know, see in the photos what I was going through. And growing up in the sportswear industry, um, my dad said, you know, why don't you cut up a rash guard, you know, the shirts that you wear for surfing. Welcome to Babson Built, where we showcase Babson founders and entrepreneurs, people who have tried, failed, and tried again. They're the change makers, the disruptors, the hustlers, and the builders. These are their stories. Welcome to Babson Built. Today, we are interviewing Emily Levy, class of 2016, who is the founder and CEO of Mighty Well. In 2016, Emily and her team won the Beta Challenge, as well as the Babson Breakaway Challenge, and pretty much every other award there is to be won at Babson. The co-founders were recognized as rising stars at Babson's Entrepreneurial Thought and Action Celebration, which is through Babson's Hall of Fame, and Mighty Well has been featured in Forbes, the Boston Globe, and Entrepreneurs. Welcome, Emily. Thank you for having me. So to get started, um, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what brought you to Babson, any other entrepreneurial experiences before coming, and what you were involved with? Sure. So Babson was my first choice of undergraduate college. So I was extremely fortunate that I also received a scholarship from Sewell, the Center for Women's Entrepreneurial Leadership, um, which really was just icing on the cake for me to come here. I'm originally from Rhode Island, even though I've moved around quite a bit. Rhode Island's always been home. So for me, I felt like Babson um, was really the perfect distance. I wanted an international experience and, you know, a program that would allow me to develop as a female entrepreneur. I very much came from an entrepreneurial family, even though I probably didn't know that's what the name of it was. Um, my dad owned a surf shop for 25 years in Wakefield, Rhode Island, very much one of the original East Coast cold water surfers. And I have a brother, Greg, who's 12 years older than me, who also works in the action sports industry. So I grew up, you know, running around my dad's surf shop, going to buying shows with them. Um, and then when I got a little bit older, you know, helping my brother uh, start his business. And, and he actually started his uh, company right out of college as well. And then once I got to Babson, um, I started my undergraduate class of 2012. I got involved with way too many things. I am a member of the Kappa Kappa Gamma Zeta Alpha chapter of uh, the sorority here on campus, as well as on the executive board for three years of Hillel. Um, and I joined a few other things, but those are the two organizations that I really stayed with all four years. And then, you know, once I became immersed in the entrepreneurial culture here at Babson, um, my junior year is when I really started to get involved with the Blank Center. Um, and I've continued, you know, to give back my time even after graduation. Once FME started um, freshman year, when did Mighty Well kick off? So I feel very fortunate, um, you know, that through my FME class, I better got to know one of our co-founders, Maria Del Mar Gomez. And we were in the same FME class together, and we even worked on the same business together. Um, it was called College Connect, and we were an event planning company on campus. So we planned 
um, like a pseudo night party. We did a three-on-three basketball tournament. And then one of the events that we did was an all-you-can-eat ramen noodle night. And actually through that all-you-can-eat ramen noodle night, I met our third co-founder, uh, Yusuf Al-Humidi, um, who is uh, one of our co-founders and now actually my fiance. So I'm very grateful to FME and to Babson as a whole. I feel like, you know, through FME, I, you know, got my two best friends out of it. So very fortunate. Oh, congrats. Thank you. Um, but Mighty Well really didn't start until uh, formally my junior year. At the time, we were calling it Pick Perfect, which is now the name of our first product, which mm-hmm. is a pick line protector, um, so kind of a medical device. I first had the idea for Mighty Well, um, and at the time calling it Pick Perfect, my sophomore year, um, where out of my own need, we were trying to find a solution to uh, covering and protecting my pick line, which is a long-term IV. With Mighty Well, we're using sportswear fabric technology and digital community to create a community and a product line for patients and their loved ones. Um, I myself um, am a patient living with chronic illness. I went undiagnosed for probably about seven years with chronic neurological Lyme disease, uh, which is transmitted through the bite of a tick. At the time, um, when I first got sick, I was in the seventh grade and we were living in New Jersey had a pack of deer in our backyard, um, and I probably got bit at some point, but we didn't know why I was so sick. Um, I actually didn't finish the seventh grade, and the doctors just said it was the worst case of mono that they had ever seen. Um, and at one point, they even thought it was leukemia because my white blood cell count was just so low. Um, and then throughout high school and middle school, um, when I was in eighth grade, we moved to our summer home in Rhode Island um, for, for a few reasons, but part of that was to you know help me get better. Um, ironically enough, I had terrible, terrible acne and I went on, you know, antibiotics for that. And I think it, it kind of helped my Lyme get under control. Um, but once I got to Babson, you know, I was no longer on antibiotics for acne. Um, and I just became a complete shadow of myself. You know, here I was, I had gotten a scholarship to my dream school. You know, I had this idyllic version of myself going into college And, you know, I became so sick where I went from getting straight A's to getting C's and D's. I could barely, you know, make it through class. I was so exhausted. Um, And I remember I drove to the Whole Foods down the street from campus. And, like, one day I just didn't remember how to get back. And that was kind of like the, oh, my God, you know, something's really wrong here. Mm -hmm. And it's not just that you have chronic fatigue and you're in joint pain all the time because, you know, you used to be an athlete and there's probably a sports injury there. Um, so that's really the, the background story as to why I had to have a PICC line um, for long-term antibiotics treatment. Um, there's this misconception that 28 days of antibiotics will cure Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the case, you know, if you caught the tick on you tomorrow and you took it into your doctor and you started treatment the next day. You know, that is very much the case. But, you know, if you went undiagnosed for so long like I did, um, where the bacterial infection, you know, got into my brain, um, that is when someone might need a long-term IV. So PICC lines are 6 million placed every year here in the U.S. Um, you know, it's not just for Lyme, but for anyone who might need long-term antibiotics or infusions. So that could be cancer. That could be that they couldn't, can't eat through their mouth. Um, so that's how they need to get their nutrition. Um, or it's, you know, that they just need extra fluids throughout their day. So those are, you know, some of our initial customers. Um, but yeah, the story really is I was told to wear a cut sock on my arm to protect my long-term IV. You know, I thought that was nuts, but in fact, what I did, you know, all the pictures of my sophomore year, um, I had it placed after my first semester sophomore year 
after oral antibiotics just weren't working um, the way we were hoping. And all my pictures, my arm is like hid behind my back Mm because I didn't want anyone to, you know, see in the photos what I was going through. And growing up in the sportswear industry, um, my dad said, you know, why don't you cut up a rash guard, you know, the shirts that you wear for surfing and wear that on your arm. You know, they're antimicrobial, they're moisture wicking, they have some protection now. Um, and I was like, yeah, that is a good idea. Um, so early on in my junior year, um, you know, still very much going through treatment, but Yusuf and I had created a design using the sportswear fabric to protect my pick. Um, and before we even had this idea, we, you know, I had bought and tried every single product on the market, whether it was from Etsy or from established companies and none of the products were fulfilling the needs. You know, if they looked good, they didn't function well. If they functioned well, they didn't look good. And that was where we had the idea for the first product, Pick Perfect, which proved to be, you know, a lot of our initial success. And since we've graduated, you know, we've expanded the vision, we've expanded the product line. You know, the vision now is to be Under Armour of healthcare. You know, that's apparel, gear, and community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're, we're using thought leadership through telling my story and through speaking at, you know, healthcare conferences to really help get our foot in the door. And so also I was curious to know as far as the time frame of, of how it all went, because I also know that you went on the San Francisco trip and yes. that seemed to be a pretty important time. Absolutely. So for me, I had really wanted to study abroad. That had always been my dream and my goal um, when I was in high school to do that in college. But unfortunately, my health just really wasn't in a position for me to go to. And I really wanted to go to South Africa. And there was just like no way I could take, you know, four months worth of medication with me. Um, so I decided to be one of the first groups to go on the Babson San Francisco program. Marie and I actually went together on the program and, uh, we took an entrepreneurial class, uh, with Jim Poss, who's the founder of Big Belly Solar. And what I loved about Jim's class and just being in San Francisco was just how much we were surrounded by that entrepreneurial energy. And Jim very much, you know, sat on the desk and just like spit knowledge to us and was like, okay, go out there and do it. Um, so that was my junior year, which I can't believe is almost four years ago when we first started the class project. And now we've been doing it full time for two years. Okay. So that was the point where you really um, thought about it a little bit more and looked at the market and really looked mm-hmm. that this was a feasible. Absolutely. Um, we had had the prototype um, that Yusuf and I made and um, we were thinking of starting an LLC um, before the San Francisco project. Um, the time in San Francisco, but it was really, you know, that January of my junior year when, you know, we formalized the idea, started to do more market research. You know, I, when I was in San Francisco, I flew to LA to see a friend, oh, sorry, San Diego, and I borrowed her car and like drove two hours to meet someone that I met on Facebook to just try her prototype. Uh, and, but that was, you know, the kind of confidence that Jim had instilled in us and I've kind of run with since. Every entrepreneur starts somewhere. Are you looking for your beginning? The Blank Center for Entrepreneurship is where Babson's emerging entrepreneurs connect with the events, workshops, mentoring, and competitions that they need to build their businesses. This spring, the Blank Center will present its new venture competition, the Beta Challenge, which recognizes Babson businesses for taking action. Join the Babson community on Thursday, April 11th at the Beta Challenge finale and watch the top alumni and student teams compete for more than $200,000 in cash and prizes. To learn more, please visit www.babson.edu slash beta challenge. 
would love to know also from an operation standpoint um, how that process was and everything that you learned from there. Anything from uh, launching the Kickstarter point to developing the prototype and even just the manufacturers. Yes, um, you know, there's so much that Babson's taught us, but there's also so much that you can only learn by doing, um, which I guess is Babson's whole model, right? So really, you know, we, through Jim's class, um, we had the idea, we did a Kickstarter, you know, it wasn't required by the class, but we were like, hey, we actually want to make these things, like, we need money. Um, so we did a Kickstarter, our goal was 10000 and we did 13200 And while we were in San Francisco, we found a manufacturer in L.A., and I knew to look in L.A. because I remember, you know, looking at all the products my brother sold and saw, like, made in L.A., made in L.A., and I actually flew there to, like, meet with the manufacturer. So that was, you know, really step one for us. And then, um, you know, since that, we're now in our third manufacturer. Uh, we now produce our products in Vietnam and in China. And that was really just because of quality. It, it wasn't really about price point. It was about, you know, the quality in the U.S. we had a lot of challenges with. But that was, you know, the first step for us. And since then, you know, now we have uh, six products that we've designed. We've launched four of them. Um, we have done an equity crowdfunding campaign. And as of today, we've raised 550000 for the business. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. And, and how many um, units have you sold up to today? Jeez, off the top of my head, um, I don't know that number, but... Probably close to like 7,000 units on just the pick sleeve alone. Mm-hmm. And whether that's through co-branding that we've done with medical device companies in lieu of speaking fees that you know, people have purchased them. And together we've donated you know, a bunch of units to either Boston Children's or Tufts Floating Children's Hospital or direct to consumer through Amazon and our website. And you've also started developing a backpack? Yeah, we just launched the Mighty Pack, which is a medical backpack. It very much looks like the new Away Luggage backpack. You know, after we won the Babson Breakaway Challenge, uh, we used a piece of that funding to hire a design team. Um, They're local here in Boston, and they actually do the women's collection for New Balance. So everything looks very sportswear-driven. They help to place us in factories that can scale with us. And we've launched four out of six products we designed with them. So we have the Mighty Pack, which is a wheelchair backpack that has this whole, you know, medical compartment um, for people who, whether they're diabetics or have infusion supplies like myself. Um, we have the Mighty Med Planner, which is a medical organizer, um, whether you're taking vitamins and supplements and going to the gym or, you know, you're having chronic health condition, you can keep everything safe, discreet, and secure. Um, we have the Mighty Wrap, which is like a cozy wrap jacket. Um, we just kept hearing from patients how cold they were sitting during chemo. Um, and we have two more products to launch, which are tops for people with ports, feeding tubes, and mastectomy drains. Mm. So um, our first collection very much focuses on people with uh, physical medical devices. But long term, you know, we want to have products for people with physical disabilities as well. Right. And this right. new market is called Adaptive Wear. So it's... We're very excited that, you know, we are the authentic player in the space because we're founded by patients for patients and a few of our other um, team members now are of chronic conditions as well. Um, but, you know, there's a few other players in the space like Tommy Hilfiger, and he's mostly focusing on people with physical disabilities. Um, Zappos has a whole adaptive work platform where you can now find the Medieval products. 
And I even just saw yesterday Carter's, the baby company, you know, they're looking for models for, for kids with disabilities as well. So, you know, I think the same way that plus size wear and maternity wear are now billion dollar categories, you'll see adaptive wear do the same. And that, and that really seems like it, it makes a world of a difference. It does. And, you know, I'll meet with people, you know, especially on the investment side. And unless someone's been touched by this personally, they don't really understand what it means and how much of a challenge it is to live with a chronic health condition or a physical disability. Because you're sitting across the table from me and, you know, I have a nice outfit on, my hair is done, my nails are done, you know, my makeup's on. You would never know that, you know, just under my shirt, I have an implanted port right? Mm -hmm. And unless someone's, you know, in a wheelchair, or you can tell they have a physical uh, disability or, you know, health challenge, that population is just completely ignored. But it's one out of three Americans that has some kind of chronic health condition, yet no one is catering to them in the market the way that we are and some of these big players are starting to. Right. And that's what I really liked about reading your mission as well, you You know, of really bringing strength and, and bringing that out Okay. Yes, yes. Our mission is to turn sickness into strength and be that, that resource for patients in the same way that I didn't have that resource. You know, we want to be there for people, you know, not just through our products, but through our community, through events, you know, through partnerships that we're forming right now. You know, when someone gets sick, we want them to think of Mighty Well. So, and then also wanted to go back to um, the accelerators sure. that you were able to reach out to. So, I read that a lot of the mentors from the Wind Lab mm-hmm. also really helped you. So I was wondering, um, how did they push you and how did they help keep Mighty Well going? Sure. So we've done the Babson Summer Venture Program, uh, the Babson Wind Lab in the Boston location. And then we went on to do Mass Challenge. Um, and then later we got scholarships to Draper University, which is from Tim Draper out in uh, Silicon Valley. Um, but by far and away, the Wind Lab was my favorite program, and I really liked how accountable they kept me. And that every single week, you know, we had a group meeting, we had one-on-one mentors, um, and even the executive and residents, Pat Enriquez, she's joined our advisory board. So, you know, they were the ones who really said to me, you know, Emily, you know, Pick Perfect's a great idea, but like, what else can you guys do and offer to this patient community? Um, and right after we did the win lab, we did mass challenge. And, and during that summer, after we graduated, we were in mass challenge was when we rebranded into mighty well. So it was going through that program my senior year that laid the groundwork for something greater. Right. So that way by senior year, you also knew that you could, this was really something that you could do. Yes. Um, after Babson. For sure. And I was also in a place where, um, I had gotten two full-time job offers in New York, working in digital media, and I think if I was healthy, that would have been my dream path. But I was also not at a place physically that I could run around New York City and work 60, 80 hours a week. So it's, it was almost like a blessing in disguise being sick because I had to become an entrepreneur. You know, my schedule still revolves around doctor's appointments. And I have a nurse that comes to my house, you know, every other Friday for six hours. You know, that's my life tomorrow. So I very much have to live that patient entrepreneurial life that a traditional nine to five wouldn't have allowed me um, to really work on my well. Now that um, 2018 is now over. Oh my God, don't even get me started. <laughs> I feel old. Did you um, have any highlights of 2018 for you? Yes, um, 2018 uh, professional highlights, I should say. 
Um, the biggest highlight of the year for me was my co-founder, Maria. She got her H-1B visa. So out of 800,000 people, only 80,000 received the visa. That's 10%. And just with our political climate, um, you know, we were just so worried that she wasn't going to get the work visa to allow her to stay here. And, you know, me and Maria do the company full-time. Yusuf splits his time between working in venture debt in New York and working on Mighty Well two days a week. Um, so I, you know, we, we were... We were ready to, like, say Maria's going back to the DR. We're going to try and figure out a way. But, you know, in my heart, I was like, I can't do this without Maria. So, you know, just incredibly grateful that she got the visa and it's allowed us to really focus on the company. Um, We also moved the business from uh, the Boston area to Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, Me originally being from Rhode Island, but then um, hosting Maria's visa, we saved a lot of money and just you know, quality of life and cost of living is drastically lower. Um, So those are two big highlights. And then we also sent our first orders to the Gromit and to Zappos um, for their Zappos adaptive platform. So those were our first two big like corporate clients that weren't in the medical device space, but, you know, in that mainstream fashion and product space who, you know, are early adopters to the adaptive fashion market. Right. Wow. So, okay. So then you have um, Mighty Well, as far as um, different customer segments, mm-hmm. you've been able to get corporate partnerships as well as going directly to consumers. Yes, exactly. And we started off with direct to consumer because we knew that on the one hand, consumers were, you know, searching on Google and Amazon for these type of products, but also just the sales cycle was shorter. You know, someone can place an order, we can ship it out. Like I would run in between my classes to our makeshift office in the basement of Coleman um, and ship out orders. So, you know, like the cash, we could get cash in quickly versus when you're selling to a medical device company or a hospital system, you know, the sales cycle can be six months all the way up to, you know, 12 to 24 months. Um, and then you're classified as a medical device product. And currently we classify our products as apparel. Um, so just much lower barriers to entry. And we are moving towards the medical device route. So our products can be reimbursed by insurance. Um, but what really what we envision long term is that there's two divisions of the company. There's the Mighty Well direct consumer business and the Mighty Well medical business. Oh, right. As you're going into the medical divi- um, medical division, mm-hmm. um, do you know how you'd work around any of the extra legal or or more restrictive regulations? Yes, exactly. Um, you know, we've wanted to do this route since probably three years now, um, and there's very high uh, barriers to entry. You know, cost is just one of them, and it's a whole new field. You know, I grew up in the apparel industry, so we very much knew that space, um, but there has been a big learning curve, and. You know, the first step for us that we've already completed is we did um, a study uh, survey with a nurse at Boston Children's proving that uh, with the Pick Perfect Pick Line cover, it improved patient quality of life and reduced, um, it's called pulling of the line. So um, because if the catheter is damaged or pulled too much outside of someone's body, they actually have to have that replaced. So what we're trying to now prove is a cost savings on the product. Um, And then from there... You know, we can start to apply to the FDA and things like that. And I would also imagine that it, it would also just be more comfortable Absolutely. overall. Oh, my God. They give you this awful, it's called stockinette. It's like this stretchy gauze. 
Um, it rolls down your arm. It gets dirty quickly. Um, you know, they're not antimicrobial, and our sleeves are. How long did it take you to, to really test this out to make sure that it was um, antimicrobial and, and it was something that it wasn't going to slip and it was really going to work for a variety of patients. Absolutely. We're on our third iteration now of the design. Before, the the product was antimicrobial for 16 washes, and now it's antimicrobial for the life of the garment. So we've learned a lot about, like, material sciences. Um, We've improved just the way it's sewn together um, because a lot of patients have very sensitive skin, so we've used bonding. Um, just kind of like what you'd find on the inside of like a Lululemon headband or what mm-hmm. you would find on like your favorite, you know, sportswear item. Um, so we've just tried to really improve the product. Listening to our customers has really been key. Um, working with nurses at reputable hospitals to make sure, you know, the product works for as many patients as possible. Okay. Yeah, that was actually my next my next question as to, you know, once you found that you had a great product that could really help a lot more people... How did you get yourself out there? Did you end up um, going into Boston more and finding mm-hmm. more conferences or networking events, or did you more go to hospitals directly? I'm not going to lie, I did not go to class much my senior year, and that was not because I was out partying. I was encouraged when I did the Babson Summer Mentor Program. My mentor, um, his name is David, um, he had found this conference of vascular access nurses, um, which are the nurses that place, pick lines, IVs, um, and are really experts on the veins in our bodies. Um, he was like, I found this conference, you know, it, you should just show up. And I was like, um, I'm not a nurse. Like we have this like really crappy prototype. Like, are you sure? And he was like, just go. Um, so like I paid the whatever, $75 to like go. And I was by far the youngest person in the room. Everyone knew each other. So they were kind of like, who is she? I ended up introducing myself to um, the president network leader, and she's like, oh, you have to stand up and tell your story. So I was like, okay. Um, so I stood up in front of probably like 100 people in the industry and just was like, hi, I'm Emily. I'm a patient. I go to Babson. I have Lyme disease. Um, I created this product and I like demoed it for everyone. And then after like this flock of nurses just like came up to me and they're like, let me see that. Like they started like touching it and like feeling it. And they're like, how do we get these? And I was like, Oh, there's a need for something like this just beyond my own need. Um, and that's where we really started to get involved in the industry side of things. And now I'm on the patient advocacy committee of that network that I showed up to the first day. Um, and they have, you know, thousands of nurses around the country who specialize in our field. And that's been a great way for us to get our foot in the door. And we've really used speaking and thought leadership to say, you know, patients deserve better in healthcare. You know, I'm not a name on a chart, you know, not a diagnosis code, you know, I may not be the hospital buyer, but at the end of the day, I am paying for the products that go in and on my body because I pay health insurance. And by the way, my health insurance doesn't cover most of it. So in fact, I am your consumer. Really? Yes. Um, so Manuel is also helping to change that conversation in healthcare where patients should have the right to choose the products in and on their body. Um, and we're working with, you know, industry partners not only to help scale the product line and co-brand on them, um, but to help us get our foot in the door with, you know, hospital. And what are your plans for 2019? Oh, there's a lot of them. Um, so Yusuf and I are getting married. That's like a big one. Um, so, you know, 
we don't have to, I guess, answer those questions anymore about what happens if you break up, you know. Um, um, our launch with the Gromit went extremely well. So we're working now on getting onto the Gromit wholesale, which will allow us to get into a number of mom and pop gift shops as well as hospital chains, um, which we're really excited about. Um, we'll continue to launch the rest of the product line and we'll be working with medical device companies um, to scale the product line and you know to get our story in front of as many nurses and doctors as possible. Um, we're starting a program called Mighty Mentors and where we're pairing um, people who are 21 and under with um, people who are thriving with chronic conditions and disabilities. So, you know, that's helping to break down the stigma of what it means to be a patient or someone living with disabilities, but also giving them hope that they can then see themselves in someone else. So we're really excited to launch Mighty Mentors uh, with a nonprofit called Children's Wishes, which is kind of like a -a make-a-wish. And then from there, um, we want to scale that program both online and with larger nonprofits. Thanks for listening to this week's Babson Built, where we showcase Babson entrepreneurs and founders. If you have a second, please subscribe, rate, and review the show. We take feedback seriously here at Babson Built, and it helps other listeners find us. If you know a Babson entrepreneur who should be featured, email us at babsonbuilt at gmail.com.